Thank you for listening to our Emmanuel Baptist Church podcast sermon series by Pastor Sean Cole. Emmanuel exists to display God's glory, declare God's gospel, and to disciple for God's great commission. If you have any questions about this message or would like more information about our church, you can visit our website at www.ebc-online.org. Now here's Pastor Sean. Just weren't able to get anybody to do children's um, church this morning. So I want to invite you to open your Bibles to John chapter 18. John chapter 18. We're also going to be in 1 Corinthians as well. So we're going to start in John, move to 1 Corinthians. We're going to have a fun time this morning looking at God's Word. It was Christmas morning, 1978. And my brother and I woke up and we were excited to see what Santa brought underneath the tree. It was unopened from its package, there for us with all of the action figures, the Death Star from Star Wars. That was the greatest, one of the greatest Christmases I've ever had as a child to get the Death Star that Christmas morning. Another memorable Christmas was in 1982. Our family spent Christmas Day at Walt Disney World and Epcot Center with my grandparents. That was a memorable Christmas day. My younger son, Zachary, as you know, has a rare chromosome disorder, and he loves toys that make noise. And a few years ago, we got him a Buzz Lightyear toy. And when he opened up that Buzz Lightyear toy, you could have seen no greater expression of unadulterated joy in a boy's face. He was so excited to get his Buzz Lightyear toy, that it was like a fascinating sense of joy. And so most of you can probably remember your most famous Christmas, your most favorite Christmas as a child where you opened up gifts and you got that amazing gift and just the joy you had of opening up gifts. There's, there's nothing more joyous, I think, than exchanging gifts and, and seeing the expressions on your face and just being able to give those gifts and exchange gifts. And I'm sure some of you may have already done that last night. Some of you maybe have already done that this morning. Some of you are hoping I get done early so you can go do it after this, but um, exchanging gifts. So let's ask a question this morning. It's a fundamental question on Christmas morning. Why was Jesus born. Why was Jesus born? Well, I want Jesus himself to answer the question for us. Let's let Jesus answer the question as to why he was born. So, in your Bibles, in John chapter 18, Jesus is on trial before Pilate. Now, we've been looking at the Gospel of Luke, and so we're familiar with the trial before Pilate and Herod, and this is John's account, but it's very interesting what Jesus says. So let's pick up in verse 33. John chapter 18, verse 33. So Pilate entered his headquarters again and called Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus answered, Do you say this of your own accord, or did others say it to you about me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and chief priests have delivered you over to me. What have you done? And Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews, but my kingdom is not from the world. Then Pilate said to him, So are you a king? 
And Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. And here's where I want you to, to pay attention. For this purpose I was born. And for this purpose I have come into the world to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. And Pilate said to him, what is truth? Jesus tells us why he's born. Very explicitly, this is why I was born. Okay, Jesus, why were you born? He says, I was born to testify or to bear witness about the truth. As the king, he's talking about his kingdom not being of this world. Jesus is the king of truth. He came to bear witness to the truth. And Jesus says there, all who are on the side of truth, listen to him. Are you going to listen to Jesus? He's on the side of truth. And not only is Jesus on the side of truth, but Jesus is the truth. Now when Jesus talks about truth, it's more than just theological doctrine, which is very important. We need to understand that the Scriptures are the absolute truth. This is God's inerrant, inspired Word. It is absolute truth. But it's more than that. Truth is also embodied in a person, the person of Christ. Jesus is not only the one who preaches the truth, but He is and listen to what he says about himself in John 14, 6. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And what's Pilate's ambivalent question? What does Pilate say? What is truth? Well, Pilate, do you realize that truth with a capital T is standing right before you in the flesh? What is truth? Jesus is standing before you. If Pilate had known his Old Testament, which he did not because he was a pagan Gentile, he would have understood that the book of Proverbs speaks a lot about seeking for truth. Proverbs 2, 3-5. Yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as a hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. If you're on the side of truth, you will seek truth like a buried treasure and you'll find that knowledge of God. You'll be on the side of truth. And God promises to give us truth. God promises to give us knowledge. God promises to give us wisdom only through Jesus. And what does Jesus say about the truth? John 8, 31 through 32 Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The truth will set you free. What is truth? Pilate says. Well, Jesus is standing right before him as the truth, and that truth will set you free. Now, when we think about truth, truth is oftentimes in the Bible linked with wisdom, the wisdom of God the knowledge of God, the depths of God. And so if Jesus is the truth, and all who believe in Him are on the side of truth, then we need to understand this morning, what does that mean for us this Christmas? What is the truth? So with that question ringing in our minds, what is truth? 
I want you to turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. So we're going to be spending most of our time this morning in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. And we're just going to look at two verses. It's in the context of a larger train of thought that Paul is teaching, but we're just going to focus in on two verses this morning. And I want us to truly think about these truths this morning, this Christmas morning. So if you've got 1 Corinthians open, if you've turned there or swiped there or open there, however you get there, chapter 1, verse 30 and 31. And because of him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness, and sanctification, and redemption. So that as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. Because from him you are in Christ. If you are a Christian here this morning, you are in Christ. We could spend a month of Sundays talking about what it means to be in Christ, but when the Bible speaks about being in Christ, it is a dynamic union. It's a fellowship. It's a deep relationship where you are connected to Jesus by faith, and you are in Him, and He is in you. And because you're in Christ, you have these tremendous blessings of being connected to Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. This goes straight to your identity. You know, a lot of people these days are talking about identity. Who I perceive myself to be. Who I want to be. Who I want others to see me to be. And as, as believers in Christ, our identity is in Jesus and what Jesus says about us. And right here, we're going to see four tremendous blessings or gifts about what it means to be in Christ. The great preacher of the Great Awakening, George Whitfield, said of this passage of Scripture, he said it's one of the most comprehensive verses to bring glad tidings to believers. Glad tidings. So, Jesus was born to bear witness to the truth. Jesus is the truth. The truth will set you free. All who are on the side of the truth, listen to Jesus. And so what I want us to see this morning are the four gifts of Christmas. So we're going to open gifts this morning, okay? You ready? We're going to open together the four gifts of Christmas from this passage of Scripture. And I want us to open each one of them one by one and to really, truly let it sink in what these gifts are. So here's the first gift that we're going to open together that Jesus tells us about here. Or Paul tells us about in Jesus. The first gift, Jesus gives us true wisdom. Verse 30, and because you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God. The greatest wisdom in the world is to know God personally. But here's the problem. Sadly, many people seek wisdom in all the wrong places. You see it all around you in our culture. Some seek wisdom in indulging the flesh. Get as much pleasure as you can in this life. That's, that's what this world's all about is pleasure. Wisdom is often found in accumulating stuff. Wealth. Material possessions. Riches. The more toys I can get, the better my life's going to be. Wisdom is often found in politics. Politics. 
or rallying behind some social cause. Wisdom is often found in academic learning. As if I could just read more books and get more learning and get more knowledge, I'll have wisdom. Some people, wisdom is following your favorite movie star, your favorite singer, your, f- your favorite band, your favorite social media influencer. Some of you, for wisdom, it may be how many likes you have on Facebook or how many followers you have on Twitter or how many people follow your Instagram. We can only gain wisdom through the Scriptures and a living relationship with Jesus Christ. That's where true wisdom comes. Listen to what Jesus says in John 17, 3. This is eternal life. What is eternal life, Jesus? That they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you've sent. To know Jesus. Colossians 2, 2-3, that in their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love to, to reach all the riches a full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mercy, which is Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. In Christ are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. In Jesus, in a relationship with Christ, you get that wisdom, you get that knowledge, you get that treasure. And this was read to open up our worship service in Ephesians 1, 17-18, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which He's called you, what are the riches of His glorious inheritance in the saints, the, the riches of knowing who Jesus is, the riches of wisdom, the riches of having your eyes open to the truth. True wisdom comes through this relationship with Christ to where we learn more about Him from His Word and our eyes are open to the truth. And then Peter tells us in 2 Peter 3.18, Grow. In the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory, both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. The key word there is to grow. Grow in your knowledge. Grow in your grace. Grow in your wisdom. So if you want to start out the new year, and you want to celebrate Christmas, and we think about the end of 2022 and the beginning of 2023, where's true wisdom found? True wisdom is found in a dynamic relationship where you are in Christ and you're growing in the knowledge of Him by spending time in His Word. That's where true wisdom comes. So the question you've got to ask yourself is this, are you growing in the knowledge of Christ? Here's the truth. You are either growing or you're stagnating. You're never idle. You're either growing or you're stagnating. The question is, are you growing? Is 2023 going to be a year of growth for you, or is it going to be a year of stagnation, a year of coasting? Let it be a year of growing in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. In Him, we have the first gift, wisdom. Well, let's open the second gift. And it's right here in the passage of Scripture for us. Notice what it says there. And because of him you are in Christ Jesus who became for us wisdom from God. That's the first gift. Here's the second gift, righteousness. And what this means is Jesus has saved us from the penalty of sin. We have his righteousness. This is a legal verdict that God the Father gives where he can declare us not guilty on account of Christ's righteousness. What is our righteousness? What do we bring to the table? 
Isaiah 64, 6 says this, we've all become like one who's unclean, and all our righteous deeds are like a polluted garment. We all fade like a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind take us away. The righteousness that we bring to the table is like a filthy garment. It's nothing. But when God gives us Christ's righteousness, he declares us not guilty. See, what happens is all of our sin goes into Jesus' account and all of Jesus' righteousness goes into our account. And so when God the Father looks down upon our life, he doesn't see our sin, he doesn't see our filthiness, he sees Christ and his righteousness. And God can make a legal declaration upon your life saying, not guilty, you're righteous in Christ. Romans 4, 5. To the one who does not work but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted as righteous. You don't get righteous by doing good deeds to earn God's favor. You get righteous by trusting in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and he gives it to you as a gift. It comes from outside of you to you where God can declare you righteous. You've got the righteousness of Christ. Philippians 3.9, to be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. What this means is, is that you are freed from the penalty of sin. The penalty of sin means that you are guilty, 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 and you deserve hell. You're free from that. Listen to what Psalm 103, 10-12 says. He does not deal with us according to our sins. Amen. Nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. Let me ask you kids a question. Where do the east and the west meet? On a map? Do they ever meet? No, Daniel say no, they don't meet. God takes away our sin as far as the east is from the west. Romans 8, 1, there's therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Romans 8, 33-34, who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who's to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died more than that, who was raised, who's at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. See, here's the beauty of having the righteousness of Christ as a gift. This righteousness does not fluctuate. It's not based upon your level of obedience. It's not based upon your feelings. It's not based upon your performance. It's based upon Christ. And when Christ gives you that righteousness as a gift, it's a permanent standing where you stand forever not guilty, not condemned, forgiven, accepted before a holy father you've got that gift that's why it brings great joy to know that you have the righteousness of christ what do the angels announce on christmas luke 2 10 through 11 the angel said to them fear not for behold i bring you great news of great joy that will be for all the people for unto you was born this day in the city of david a savior who is christ the lord great joy a savior Jesus is a Savior that saves us from the penalty of sin by giving us the gift of righteousness. All right, let's open the third gift this morning. And you see it right there in your text. What's the third one? Sanctification. 
Now, what does this mean? Here's the third gift. Jesus has saved us not just from the penalty of sin, but the pollution of sin. The pollution of sin. Now, justification or righteousness, that was an outside righteousness that was given to you where your standing is permanently not guilty. It's more of a legal declaration that God makes. Sanctification, on the other hand, is more about an internal washing. An internal cleansing that goes right to, the, to your soul where the Holy Spirit comes and He regenerates you and He cleanses you and He makes you a brand new person from the inside out. Paul addressed this at the beginning of 1 Corinthians. If you go back to verse 2, Paul says this, To the church of God that's in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, together with all those who in every place call upon the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, both their Lord and ours. To those who are sanctified. The grammar is very interesting there. It means that at a point in time when you became a Christian, you were sanctified, you were set apart, you were washed. But you continue to be so today in the sense that you're always positionally sanctified before God. Now, you may not like to think of yourself this way, but if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you are a saint. You're like, that's not me. I'm not a saint. Like, I heard of, like, St. Teresa and all these different like saints that people pray to, but that's not me. No, the Bible says if you are in Christ, you've been sanctified once and for all. You've been cleansed internally. You are a saint. It's your position. And this is something that God does to you when he washes you clean. Titus 3, 4-5, But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, He saved us not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to His own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. You see, you, before you were a believer, were not merely sick that needed to go to a spiritual hospital. No, you were spiritually dead and you needed a resurrection. You needed a regeneration. You needed God to come and do a work to bring you to spiritual life. And so in sanctification, God has given you this new life. He's washed you from the inside out. He's presented you whole for God. And now you are permanently a saint without any wrinkle or spot. And this is your position. You are clean. You are cleansed. You are holy. Whether you feel like it or not, this is who you are before a holy God. You are sanctified. And God promises to keep you that way until the very end. Jude 24 and 25. Now to him who's able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless, blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy, To the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time, now and forever. Amen. So we have gift number one, the wisdom of God. Gift number two, we have the righteousness of Christ. Gift number three, we have sanctification, cleansing. But what's the fourth gift? Redemption. The fourth gift, Jesus saves us from the power of sin. We've been saved from the penalty of sin. We've been saved from the pollution of sin. And we've been saved from the power of sin. Now, what is redemption? Redemption simply means that Jesus in his blood bought you out of bondage. He bought you out of spiritual slavery. You were enslaved, you were dead, you were in bondage to your sin, to your shame, to your guilt, and to the devil, and Jesus by his blood bought you out of that condition and set you 
free. That's what redemption means, to be bought at a price through the blood of Christ. Ephesians 1.7, In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of His grace. We have riches of God's grace through the redemption and the blood of Christ. Hebrews 2.14-15, since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he, this is talking about Jesus, likewise partook of the same things. Jesus became a man. Jesus was born of a virgin Mary by the Holy Spirit. He partook of the same things. He became human. That through death, what would Jesus do? He might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver us, all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. Jesus, by his death, saved us from slavery to sin, slavery to the devil, slavery to death. And it was with his precious blood that he bought us. 1 Peter 1, 18-19. Knowing that you were ransomed from the feudal ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. For wonderful gifts to open on Christmas morning. Number one, you have true wisdom from Christ. Number two, you have the righteousness of Christ. Number three, you have the sanctification that comes from Christ. And number four, you have the redemption that comes from Christ. And so how should we respond? What should this produce in us? Well, it should produce within us humility. Now you say, now humility, I don't see that in the passage. As a matter of fact, I see the opposite of humility because what does Paul say? Paul says in verse 31, boast. That doesn't sound like humility. Boast sounds like you're like bragging and boasting. What are you boasting in? The word boast in the original language means to glory or to fully rejoice. What does he say there? Okay, because you have these four gifts, verse 31 as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. Charles Spurgeon said, what insanity it is to boast in anyone but our Lord Jesus. Now, Paul says, as it is written. Now, where is it written? What's Paul quoting? He's quoting an Old Testament passage in Jeremiah. Jeremiah 9, 23-24 is what Paul is quoting when he says, As is written, let the one who boasts, let the one who rejoices, let the one who glories. No, don't glory in yourself, don't boast in yourself, but let's boast in the Lord. Let's boast in these gifts he's given us. So this comes from Jeremiah 9, 23 and 24. Thus says the Lord, let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man boast in his might. Let not the rich man boast in his riches. Isn't that where we try to find our wisdom and our entertainment and our purpose today in wisdom in might in power and riches and, and, and jeremiah says don't boast in those things verse 24 but let him who boasts boast in this okay what is it that he understands and knows me that i am the lord who practices steadfast love justice and righteousness in the earth for in these things i delight declares the lord on this Christmas morning, as you've opened up these four gifts, boast in the Lord. Boast that you know Jesus and He knows you. Now, let's think about boasting for a moment. You can never stop boasting about Jesus. Now, uh, let, let, let's talk about this for just a moment. 
Can you ever worship God too much? I give you permission this morning. Worship God with all you got. You can never worship God too much because he deserves our worship. And to boast, this whole idea of boasting is that you're giving Jesus your all. You're loving him. You're honoring him. You're praising him. You're glorying him. You're not drawing attention to yourself, but you're boasting in Jesus. You're boasting in the truth that you've been set free from the power of sin and the penalty of sin and the pollution of sin. So so what does this mean practically? How do you boast in Jesus with these gifts that he's given you? How do you rejoice back and love Jesus back for the gifts he's given you? Well, let me just think about a few things here. Let's think about wisdom. Well, give Jesus your mind. You are to love the Lord your God with your heart, your soul, and your your mind. Give Jesus your mind. Give Jesus your thoughts. Okay, give him your conscience. Because you've been declared righteous. Give him your heart because he's washed you clean. Give him your praise because he's bought you at a wonderful price of his blood. Let me just issue a warning here on Christmas morning. If Christ is not your wisdom, how foolish you are not to trust in him. If Christ is not your righteousness, how guilty you still are in your sins. If Christ is not your sanctification, how stained and polluted you still are in your sins. And if Christ is not your redemption, how enslaved and in bondage you still are to your sin. If Christ is not your wisdom, your righteousness, your sanctification, and your redemption, you are helpless, hopeless, and hell-bound this morning. If you're not in Christ and you don't have these gifts. So what do you do? You trust. You rest. You cast yourself at the mercy of Jesus who alone can give you these gifts. You can't produce these gifts. You can't do anything to contribute to your salvation. And here's the beauty. When you trust in Jesus alone, these gifts become yours in an instant. You are instantly in his family. You are instantly forgiven. You are instantly declared righteous. You are instantly washed. You are instantly freed from your sin. These can be yours today and forever this Christmas morning. So, as you go open up gifts today and you exchange gifts, Would you just pause and thank the Lord that he's given you these four great gifts, these four wonderful gifts, and you can leave here today boasting, rejoicing that you know Jesus and he knows you. Let's be boasters today, okay? I give you permission. Go out of this place bragging, boasting, not in yourselves, but in Jesus. And Paul said this in Galatians 6.14, Far be it from me to boast, except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Let me ask you to bow your heads this morning. Spend just a few moments that we have on this Christmas day in your heart of hearts to boast, to glory, to rejoice, to praise Jesus 
for these four wonderful gifts. First, praise Jesus that he is your wisdom. Praise Jesus and make a commitment that you're going to grow this year in your knowledge of him. Would you spend a few moments just praising Jesus for being your wisdom? Jesus is also your righteousness, which means you are not guilty. You're no longer under condemnation. Would you just spend a few moments praising Jesus that you are righteous, that you're not guilty anymore? And Jesus has given you the gift of sanctification, which means you've been washed, you've been set apart, you're holy. Would you just praise Jesus that he's washed you, that you're new, you're a new creation, you've been washed, you've been changed. And then fourth gift, Jesus has given you redemption, which means you've been bought at a price. You've been bought out of slavery. Would you praise him that he bought you out of slavery, that you're free, the truth has set you free, Christ has set you free, and he paid for you with his blood. Would you just worship him for that? Dear Jesus, thank you that on this Christmas morning we can open these four wonderful gifts of Christmas. What it means to be in you, to be connected to you, to have a relationship with you. Jesus, that we can have your wisdom. We can grow in our knowledge of you. The truth can set us free. That we, can, we know that you were born to testify to truth and we want to grow in that truth through your wisdom. Lord Jesus, thank you for giving us your righteousness that we can stand not condemned, we can stand not guilty, we can, we can be accepted by a holy God. Jesus, thank you for sanctification, that you've washed us, you've cleansed us, you've, you've gotten rid of the pollution and the filth in our life, and we stand before you as, as without wrinkle or spot, as, as, as clean, as white as snow. And Jesus, thank you for your redemption, that you bought us out of slavery to sin and Satan with the precious blood that you shed for us on the cross. And so, Lord, as we leave this place today, we've just spent a few moments opening these gifts that you've given us. Let us live in the joy of that, and let us go out of this place boasting that we know you, rejoicing, glorying, telling others, being excited, being, being so enthralled that you, Jesus, have given us these wonderful gifts on this Christmas. Lord Jesus, we love you, we honor you, Thank you that we can gather as a church family on the Lord's Day, which is Christmas this year, to celebrate your birth, to celebrate your death, to celebrate your resurrection, and to celebrate your soon coming. We love you, Jesus. It's in your name that we pray. Amen and amen.